0: Introducing Face to Face with Success, a series of bite-sized interviews with interesting South
1: Africans. This
0: is the voice that set the U.S. opera scene alight. And in this episode of Face to Face with Success, we meet the man behind the voice. I'm Charlotte Kilbane. You might not have heard the name Musanguana, but this bass baritone is big news in the US. He's currently preparing for a key role in Moby Dick with the Los Angeles Opera House. Musa has garnered rave reviews in one of the most competitive forms of the performing arts. The New York Times called him a standout with a rich, glowing voice, and some of the opera world's toughest critics have publicly fawned over him. When I meet the bass baritone for coffee at his old stomping grounds at UCT, it's not difficult to see why. He has a voice and a presence that makes an average human like me turn to jelly.
1: My name is Musa Ngwana. My dudes call me the chief. That's what I go by, Musa or the chief, whichever one comes first.
0: Success has not always come easy for Musa. When he arrived at UCT on the brink of a very technical and academic performance degree, he couldn't read a single note of music.
1: I did one year, which was a foundation year that was supposed to uh, take care of six years or seven years of high school and middle school music in one year. You only have two lectures a week. They are 45 minutes to an hour each. And then you have one tutorial. And you are supposed to learn all this music within a short span of time. You have all other subjects that you have to learn because it's the university. And so, as you can tell, other people who are maybe are not hard workers enough or are not that fast in getting all this info, this in you, because to them, all they knew what to, to do is to sing. So, when you come in, then you have to deal with the academic side of things, it's not as easy to deal with. I lucked out because, for me, I, I like studying and I, I like pushing myself. If I don't know something, I put in the extra math for it. It's always been my philosophy. And so I did very well with academics and then pushed envelope for, for singing. So one year of foundation and then four years of my undergraduate studies. But it was interesting because by the time we got to the first year, you met students who came from all the schools who, who had studied this playing violin since age two or something. So they knew if you spoke about F-sharp or German, whatever you, they understand what they were talking about. Try so to catch up.
0: And catch up he did. From a base of virtually zero, Musa graduated five years later, magna cum laude.
1: When people in the week, on the weekends they were going out to have fun, I would go out for a bit. But I came back because I thought, wait a minute, I have that theory class. We're going to be studying a new chapter. I still need to push myself up on whatever we've covered before. I didn't stop. You know, my friends, some, sometimes I think it was because of the lack of the medium of uh, English language. So people went to class. This is what I discovered when I wrote my research in 2010 that some people could have had questions to ask, but they felt uncomfortable around all these people to ask those questions because they thought some of their even black friends would laugh at them if they can't really communicate. And I. I was so sad to hear about that because I didn't care about the medium of language. When I came here, I I was like them. I came from township school, so I had to push myself. So when you know you're in a place where you don't have the resources, you use what you have to make the most of it. So as a friend to the library, always going to the library to read books. And for me to make it easier to be able to speak, I would like read it out so that I made mistakes. And I lucked out that then the teachers here, I would say to them, if I speak to you and I make mistakes, correct me. Don't, don't keep quiet and let me make mistakes and people think, oh, we you know he comes from the townships, just forget about it. No, correct me. It's important because it's not my language.
0: As we talk about his journey, one theme recurs time and time again. For Musa, success can only come with dedicated hard work and a lot of pep talks in the mirror.
1: Well, I love myself too much in that I look myself in the mirror when I wake up and I lie to myself and I say all sorts of things. I say, you're the great jungle king and what have you. My philosophy is that when I wake up, I feel great. And when I go to bed, I feel great. But then, in the middle of the day, the work comes in and you may meet different people I always filter things so I have a plan of things that I want to do what I do is always to break things into a page at a time if I'm learning Moby Dick, who has like 400 pages I take it a day at a time and a page at a time to say what is it that I want to achieve today and that makes me so happy so I make my goals even if they are big to take them a smaller goal at a time the thing is with our career we are only as good as your last performance for instance, we were at the Grahamstown Festival. I gave three recitals there. Two recitals and one concert performance with orchestra. And I knew there was a lot at stake because we had won this Standard Bank award uh, for music. And then when they give you this award, which they gave me in October, then you have to come the following year to present performances. So a lot of people have, you know, expectations. This guy lives overseas and he's been gone for years. He must be in on top of his... Um, game and my coach too has his high standards as a pianist and instructor so I said we're gonna take it a, uh, a recital I'm a recital at a time and the recital we're gonna take it a page at a time and we're gonna take it a cycle at a time and so by the time we got reviews by the time we were done I was so happy I said I feel so successful because I put in work hard work and the returns were great um, and by the time people write great things about his, you sort of feel it because you know it.
0: Musa's definition of success has changed radically since he was a kid growing up without a father in the P.E. township of Zride.
1: Then my definition of success was getting a car, you know, and seeing the boys around my neighborhood who wore stylish clothes um and they still lived in places around PE that i thought yes people who have money live there so it was all sort of resources and materials my definition of success has transcended that greatly now you know because i realize money and all other things are not that important for me the i think the most important part about our lives are the people that you meet. Those are your great resources because there are things where you may need help but money can't even help you. So yeah so much has changed I I visited home to see my mother this past weekend and I met some colleagues or acquaintances I'd started with who were friends then in high school and were having discussions. It was really interesting to note what they were comfortable in talking about and we're at home talking about. It was also interesting to realize what was foreign to them in terms of concepts, concepts to me that I thought should have been priority in terms of discussing things. I'm asking them, oh, so you work, do you save, we're talking about investments, stuff like that, oh, you're dating someone, are you planning on getting married and all that? making them uncomfortable because they just take it a day at a time but not in terms of plans let's get drunk and have fun the following day we shall see when baby jesus comes with miracles
0: one thing's for sure this man is not about miracles he's all about the plan even though he's living in the u.s at the moment his heart is right here in south africa and his focus is on giving back
1: i mean i am first and foremost south african and i still think there are a lot of things that uh, we could do It may not be a financial thing, but to give back. The challenge now is that, for instance, government doesn't quite fund opera because they still think it's a Eurocentric thing. But unbeknownst to them, it's not Eurocentric anymore because the people who are doing it are the very black or colored or South Africans or whomever. You know, if you go to the University of Cape Town, the opera school, the mixture of students there represents the Rainbow Nation. And music education, which also links up with that, is fundamental in understanding our culture. I told the story that my grandmother came from Somerset East. She loved singing. Uh, She didn't sing classical music. She sang in her choir, and she had traditional songs which she knew she would sing them to me. The problem is that I've forgotten all of them because I was young at the time, and that I now realize if we lived in Germany or England and we had access to education, and music education specifically, I would have been able to read or write that music, should have had that access to that too. So a lot of our people and that heritage passes on now because we used to pass things orally instead of reading or writing them. So for me, it's important to not just make it big internationally and have that, but it's important to have the ability to give back as little as I can or as big as I can in collaboration with others.
0: Ever the overachiever, this opera sensation recently turned his hand to writing. His book is called Odyssey of an African Opera Singer. It's a memoir of his journey from the dusty streets of Zuida to the most prestigious stages on earth.